Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, just peach tea. Yeah? Yes. It's been a day, but, you know, it happens. Days are, days, days happen. This is good, actually. The, the, the forward progression of time makes it much, much easier to plan right. things. Although I did watch a, a new trailer for Midsummer today. Yeah. It did appear like it all takes place, I guess... In, it's supposed to be, I guess, Norway or some country like that, but somewhere that has, like, also really super long days. Yeah. Uh, and it was very disconcerting because it was, like, one of those, like, oh, when does the sun go down kind of moments in the preview. Right. And, uh, you know, that's that could be a nightmare. Just to be like, oh, it's just, I don't think I could deal with living in Alaska for it, where it's, like, daylight for 15 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the trailers I've been watching um, lately, The the Boys. Have you seen the oh, trailer yeah. for that? I have seen the trailers for that. The new one that just came out and, you know, Baby with, with Laser Eyes. And I was just like, I've read the comic and the comic is brutal and insane. And it looks like the, the series is going to be brutal and insane. insane. And I'm just like, this okay. I, I'm kind of on board here. And then The Rook. Oh yeah, I saw a preview for that myself. Yeah, the it, it it looks it looks like they're departing significantly from the book for the TV show, which I'm you know it happens. I'm not worried about it yet. Um, it just it's going to come down to performances. I don't care if they make you know, uh, you know they'll make changes. They always do. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. And that one's coming up the uh, the end of this month. So anyway, uh, enough about us. Let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Let's do. Episode three of this season is called Humbug's Gulch. Yes. Uh, and it was filmed, the primary location was 7A Ranch, which is literally, if you walked down my driveway and took a right and walked up the hill and then uh, walked up the street, took a left, and walked down the hill, you would be at 7A Ranch. <laughs> uh, it is a little, it's got a place called Pioneer Town. Mm-hmm. And they do the, uh, you know, they used to do the Wild West show when I was a kid. Right. And there used to be like a fort. Uh, it, was, it was set up to be like an old-timey, old-timey Wild West fort out of the outskirts of town. And right. you could climb up into the lookout uh, tower, and it was just a really cool place. And there's a chapel there that's beautiful, and they have weddings there. And there's an opera house. That opera house they were at was a, is a real opera house in in Pioneer Town, mm-hmm. uh, where I, I saw at least three plates growing up. And uh, and it's just really interesting to see to see this place. And when they were filming, 
like, you know, I was thinking, oh, they're going to do sets. They're obviously not going to, like, actually hang out in uh, in Pioneer Town in 7, 7A Ranch to film inserts in, 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 in location. But, no, that was the Opera House. That's the Opera House inside 7A. No, that's the backstage area at the Opera House that they go into. And, you know, like, they passed by. It was just really cool. It was cool to see it. And when they were filming it, I would sit – I could sit in my window – and look out and see the lights mm-hmm. from the night shoot that they were doing and be like, I know 7A Ranch and Pioneer Town better than anyone up there right now. I probably know it better than the constable who's working security. I could get on that set so easily they would not even know how i got there before i had already gotten there i'd be talking to dharma and they'd be like how'd you get here and i'd be like shut up you i'm talking to dharma (laughs) and it was it was all i could do not to throw on a black hoodie and traipse over there to see what was happening uh Probably best you didn't. We've talked about this before, you know, the whole getting thrown off sets and getting arrested and all those fun things. But that's very cool. Yes, it was very very, very cool. We've had, you know, um, Kansas City has been the site of quite a few films over the years, certainly ones that we've made. Um, And I've got a a funny film story about a film that you and I have made uh, that we'll talk about later. (laughs) Uh, But uh, short version... Um, I'm recutting Dance for Me. Oh. So, yeah. While there have certainly been quite a few features shot around the Kansas City area, the kind of full-scale TV show that involves something like The the Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead, we just don't see anything like that right now. Um, We tend to see a lot of reality TV shot in Kansas City around the year, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great for the folks who who are working professionally in, in this market. But uh, it is, we don't, there's not too much um, fiction, uh, narrative TV being shot in Kansas City right now. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it's a fantastic, fantastic mark place to, to film things. So as for the episode itself, I had some issues with this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, most of them tended to come at the end. Um, and there was one moment fairly... Uh, into the into the Dwight part of the story, ah. where I sat there and I went, okay, hang on. Um, but other than that, I mean, I it, it, I enjoyed the episode overall. Again, the 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 show is is definitely continuing a very strong trend with this episode. Yes, um, but I do have some issues with it. I do too, and I watched it with the kids because the kids, you know, really like the show and. And stuff like that. And Trinaya, I texted you because Trinaya pointed out some right. stuff. Like, she was like, we're sitting there watching the show, and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, she goes, Oh, it was after, it was after uh, Dwight said that he'd been looking for his wife for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes, Where are they getting the gas for these cars? <laughs> I think you realize at that moment, like, you know, like I have to get gas in my car. I live in Tucket, Texas. And, you know, I have to get gas for my car twice a week. Mm-hmm. And she, 
So she's like, I have never seen them try and find gas on this show. Where are they getting the gas for these cars? <laughs> From the mouths of children. Yes. Yeah, it's... um. And and we have talked enough about the whole you know there's a so there's a whole lot of hand waving that you have to do yes. in shows like this. <clears throat> this is, doesn't mean we're going to stop bitching about you know the distance issue or, or when it gets really bad like right. hand waving is like really bad and you're like oh come on come on show um, but, no you know, but I'm not I'm I'm not going to harp this evening about the the gas issue. However, right. it is very funny that the kids noticed that. <laughs> yeah, and it's very interesting that they did give us that little bit of timeline because um, we were all, everyone, all the whole fandom was under the impression that they were slowly going to bring Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead together. Mm-hmm. And kind of, but now we have Dwight showing up and and giving us a timeline like he's he says i have been so it's in this timeline it's only a year after the war with the saviors right roughly around and in in the primary show in um, in walking dead it is you know what six years seven years later yeah, there's, there's like a five year there's still a five-year gap between these shows which yeah. honestly we were kind of in anyway. Right. It hasn't really changed the time scale very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because, yeah, because there was, there was some discussion at one point, uh, I saw a couple of reviewers, different reviewers talk about this, the idea yeah. that at some point Madison would be a villain on the regular The Walking Dead show because of her you know, succeed at any cost, burn it to the ground philosophy. Right. In fact, I had heard whisperings that they thought that Madison might end up being the leader of the whisperers because (laughs) they had kind of introduced the idea of wearing, wearing zombie gore and walking with the zombies in the walking dead. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when they do it on, on walking dead, it's just as a strictly, you know, necessity kind of thing but i mean nick decided it's what was it season two like he wandered off into a herd of walkers and said i'm gonna go live with them now right so you know it was interesting there was a lot of speculation about about that about who what they were gonna do how they were gonna bring these two shows together and the fact that they're still keeping it about a year apart or about five years apart is interesting in its own way. There's a certain amount of coincidence that happens in this episode that is a little bit ridiculous, mm-hmm. but uh, I, of all the number of ridiculous things this show has given us, um, I, I keep, kept coming back to your after Black Summer um, I'm going to forgive a little more easily yes. the level of surely not. Right. You must be joking uh, that these shows can sometimes give to us. Not not completely. I mean, you know, I have great faith uh, that if they push it too far, you know, because there's a few, there's actually some of that tonight. So uh, yeah. places I'm just like, um, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> 
But I mean, we'll we'll get to those when we get to those. Right. So where do you want to start, Timothy? Oh goodness. Um, well, the primary story here is, of course, uh, John Dory and um, uh, June. Yes. And they are they are trying to help map where these barriers of the dead have been placed. They all are. They're all yeah. they're, they're they have a three pronged mission. Number one, we have to map out this perimeter. That's number two. We want to find these kids. And number three, hey, wouldn't it be nice if Al were around? Yeah, yeah. That it's a little bit. Hey, let's go look for the girl in the woods. Right, um, a little bit. A little bit, and I'm I'm concerned that. It may go a little farther than it should. I mean, she may be off filming a filming another, you know, a movie yeah. or something. But uh, <laughs> it's just I'm like, okay, how many episodes are we gonna go without Al? Um, and you know, at, at the same time, though, it's kind of like, would it make any sense for her them to find her right away? Right. So it's a balancing act right now for me. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how far this is, but how far you're going to let them go. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. I think like I've still like they're full on actively looking. Right. That's where that's the that's the what I'm giving them. You're full on actively looking. It's not like in season two of Walking Dead when they're like, we've got to go find Sophia. Except I think I'm going to go look at this neighborhood and have sex with Shane first. And we got to go find Sophia, except first I think we're going to have a real serious long conversation about whether or not we can stay on the farm. Right. You know, you know. <laughs> we're I think, not there yet. We're not there yet. Right. So um, while John and June are doing this, someone starts shooting at them. Right. And they find themselves basically cut off from the majority of their weapons. And so no, like, the guy steals them. The oh, that's person, right. Yeah. Whoever it was who, who uh, is shooting at them got to their car and took all their weapons shooting with, at them with their own weapons. Right. Right. And so they speed off. They actually speed off past one of the barricades and on while they're driving through, they notice that there is a uh, the John Dory sees a sign for a Pung Bugs Gulch, and he's like, "Oh, I know exactly where we need to go." And he tells it turns out he that he worked at a Humbugs Gulch as a sharpshooter. Not this he, one; it's a it's a chain right. of, of Western theme parks, right? which I don't know why, why they think that we have chains of Western theme parks in Texas. Like we only have, you know, six flags, several of those and several Schlitter bonds and several, uh, there's two, uh, two sea worlds, but not like West, like strictly Western themed. Yes, yes, there's Wild West shows at at least three of those places. Right. But, you know, so. Well, remember that this is also an alternate universe where they've never had zombie movies. So, oh, right, true. They watch goblin movies instead. Yeah, the Western, the Western never died uh, in quite the way that it died here. So. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, they find this town and it, it's or this this park, and it is um, everything you expect a Western theme park to be. Yeah. There's um, a dusty Main Street and board sidewalks and bad uh, puns. And yeah, bad puns. Uh, it was it's a broth L. And she looks at it. There's a brothel. And he goes, it's a soup place. <laughs> and her eyes roll so far. Yeah. I was afraid she was going to do herself damage. Um, you know, yeah. It, 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 you know, there's, there's places like that all over the place with, with bad puns like that. It's, that felt very much like, in an odd way, it made me feel like it would be like a real place. <laughs> you know, yeah. bad, bad adverti- theme park advertising. Right, exactly. So they go to the backstage, and 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 he's like, "This police places are so, like, I know, like, I hope that I know where we kept our guns, and I'm sure that they came from the same place." And he's right, and there's like a fully stocked arsenal in this, uh, in in the green, in the, not the green room, in the backstage area of the opera house. Right, and not all, I mean, there's, it's not all the guns, the, the ammunition is live. There's a lot of blanks. But mm-hmm. they, they decide to go ahead and take the blank rounds because the powder is still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly they can make more bullets. Um, and it's, it's a fairly well done, you know, fairly logical kind of sequence of events. It's not like, really, they found this in this place, which, you know, these things would never be. Mm-hmm. This 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 is this is justifiable, right? But it's also cute little character moments between the two of them, where they're mm-hmm. discussing their relationship and and this. They're adorable together. They're yes, still they adorable together. They love each other. They do, and it's not cloying or obnoxious. At least not to me. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I I've not found them obnoxious. In fact, and then so then we proceed to have that moment in comic books where the two superheroes who've never met meet each other and immediately start fighting <laughs> for no reason at all. And uh, it turns out that the person they're fighting is Dwight. And he has been on the search for his wife since he left the original show two years ago. <laughs> now, I'm not sure that I can go with the two superheroes fighting here because while John Dory, square jaw, could pretty easily pull off the cape thing. Dwight's more like the lapsed henchman. Yeah. Um, you know, he's <laughs> but I mean, they're neither one of them are like they're not. Nobody's being malicious. Well, yeah, not 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 and, not straight uh, up malicious. They're being Dwight, par- Dwight's being paranoid and and uh, proactive as far as he's concerned. Right, and he's he's ha- he's got a little bit of that uh, away from people madness. Mm-hmm on this show tend to get uh he's 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 gone he's gone sort of a lonely crazy so like he thinks anybody you know anybody he comes across is is up to no good or out to kill him or whatever which is sort of the walking dead theme anyway right so and um, so it takes him being shot and then uh and tied up and to be able to have a conversation with John Dorian and June to find out that they are not actually psychos and he's actually the psycho. Yeah. And, and this comes, leads to one of the parts where I'm a little bit 
where I kind of like, uh-huh, sure. Where, cause basically he's been following his wife's notes across the country. Right. So basically from Virginia to Texas on a scavenger hunt where the where a single note left in left in each location has led to the next note yeah that he's been able to find and he but he says that he's lost some and he's hit some dead ends and but like finding the next <laughs> yeah it's like uh, there's a lot of like hand wavium right here in this moment you're right right where it's like you know when i when i when he said that i was like no and then also like why you know, I was under the impression at the end of his art on Walking Dead that she was coming back to that house. Um, I think that's what he was hoping. Yeah. And and I can't, I honestly can't recall if there was a reason for him to hope that aside from just hoping that. Because she left a note there and there was the forever sign and like... But, and, you know, and I, I just, I feel like I remember that it was it, the impression I got was she is coming back to this place. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess she didn't. She's moved on. Yeah. I just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded if her notes were like carved into a billboard or painted onto a wall as opposed to uh, in the glove box folded inside a map. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, there are so many ways for him to not find any of these notes. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, okay, well, well whatever. Okay. It, it get it gets Dwight to here. <laughs> and it gets Dwight on, you know, this is Dwight's quest. And part of me says, talked about this, I think then, is the odds of him finding his wife are really slim no matter what. The story yeah. is basically begging him to find her as a walker. Right. Um, because, I mean, Dwight's story is a tragedy. And tragedies don't, I mean, that's it, how it was set up once we actually got to know the character. He's, he's living inside a Shakespearean tragedy. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he's, Dwight isn't the hero of the story. The fact that Dwight would get a happy ending is like, um, well, that would be nice, but it does, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. So, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of okay with this because it still fits in the, I mean, as, as, as kind of a ridiculous as it is, um, it, it's not bothering me so much. Well, but you also have to remember, there are only about 15 people left on the planet. <laughs> And, you know, so, like, these say, it's, it's, you know, they're still going to find each other because, you know, <laughs> we're, there's just, it's just going to happen. People find each other and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a moment later in the episode that we'll get to, which I think plays with that a little bit. Um, and sort yeah. of an acknowledgement of how somewhat ludicrous this actually is. Right. Um, so while they decide that they're going to go off and, 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 you know, leave this place and fight their way out and everyone's going to be friends now, Dwight still isn't telling them the whole truth. Yeah. He's not like, I mean, he's not concealing. He's telling them, well, he's telling them that he hasn't found the note from Sherry. Right. 
even though he has. And the note uh, I, was a was a highway, wasn't it? I mean, isn't that where it's basically like go down this particular highway to, to for the next note? I guess I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was. But uh, he had been looking. He had actually gotten exposed to the radioactive camp. So he's seen some of this stuff going around. I mean, he's, he's been in sort of the same places they've been. So he actually, he's familiar. I thought he didn't know where the camp was. I thought they told him, like, we found the car at a camp. Wait, no, yeah, he found, he was looking for their car, which they right. got from the radioactive camp. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and he thought that was the car that she had. But it wasn't. Right. So they're there, and, the, and they had this giant fight with the walkers. And there's a, um, there's a cute moment where Dwight's like, we got to go away from the walkers. And John looks at him and goes, the what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dwight's like, they, they, haven't, <laughs> they haven't been calling them that. Right, exactly. So they have this giant fight. And, of course, Dwight is wounded, so he's not as effective as he could be, although he, he fights right. And then a walker ends up falling on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, this I, lo- I love this. I thought this was great. I don't know if you're going to nitpick this or not, but I was very happy about this. Okay, let's get the nitpick out of the way so then I can say what I liked about it. Okay. So the nitpick is there are these two walkers homing in on pinned Dwight, who is pinned to the ground. Right. John is a a far enough away that that rushing probably wouldn't get there in time. Running wouldn't get there. Right. He's a distance away. And, and he only has one bullet left. Right. And so he tells Dwight, Dwight has an axe. And he tells Dwight to raise the axe up in the air and hold it steady. Right. John shoots the axe. It splits the bullet and it, kill, it takes out the two walkers. Yes. Now, here's the nitpicks. A, Dwight, who is wounded has a heavy weight on his chest, is, not go- is, is physically not going to be able to hold up an axe which has real weight and hold it steady and have it be perfectly aligned to make this shot. No, it simply isn't going to happen. However, it's a really cool moment. I loved and it. I-, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. And my favorite part about it is as they get and save him and pull him up and they're walking away, John Tory says, that's only the second time I've actually done that. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Ha, Tim! A laugh. That is a full-on belly laugh at that moment. I was sitting in the living room and I went, ha! (laughs) It is, it is, now, and and in fairness, in fairness to the writers here, uh, we have set up that John Dory is an expert marksman Right. That he specialized in trick shooting. This is something that he's, he, he has the skill set to make you go, okay, this is impossible. This would not happen. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, but I didn't better. care. I didn't I care. It. it was great. I, love I didn't it. care. It was very, it was very funny and it was very cool. But meanwhile, Alicia and Luciana yeah. are in a car together. And Alicia is apologizing for, I don't think she was flying the plane, so I'm not sure what she was apologizing about. Well, she's still feeling very depressed about the fact that they've been at this for a while and they haven't actually helped anyone. 
because we have to assume we, we you know that that they've that there was a minor there was a several month time jump the end of last season and now we know Dwight you know has been on the road for a year and took Morgan a couple of months to find all of them and they had their whatever adventure and probably a you know a couple of weeks that started you know the reboot of the show in season four um so it's probably been six eight months that they've been trying to help people and they've not been able to do it and so she's just mess that's what's messing her up she just you know she is apologizing for the fact that she has not they have not been able to do what they're supposed to do right which is not actually her fault and and luciana looks at her and goes you know this isn't your fault right Alicia's like, but I want to take, I want to carry the weight of the world and all the blame. Have you met my family? Um, we we either kill people or we take a lot of the blame on. So what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do middle grounds here. Um, <laughs> but they get a, and of course they're still looking for the kids as well as they're trying to map out this stuff right. and looking for Al. And so one of the kids, they, they hear the kids over the radio. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, uh, we told you to leave us alone. Bye. Mm. Like, fine, bratty children. And Ugh. Morgan gets to them, Luciana and, and Alicia, they get, Morgan gets to them and, uh, and he tells her like, look, we might not be able to find these kids. So you need to say what you were, you need to say when you know they can hear you. And so Alicia says to the children, basically like, mm. you know, I'm sorry that all this happened. I, I know where you are. I, I, I've been where you are and, you know, I, I want to, I wish I could help you, but I know that you don't want help or blah, 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 whatever. And they get a message from one of the kids saying, you know, here, come here, this is where I am. And so then they, when they get there, uh, the whole, it's the van is covered in gore. Mm-hmm. And it's the youngest brother and he is curled up in a ball covered in blood in the back of the uh, the van. And Alicia and Lucia are like, what happened to you? And he's like, well, he hasn't, doesn't say anything. But so then it flashes over to whoever has been putting up these barricades, these Walker barricades. Mm-hmm. And who is it, Timothy? It is two children. <laughs> and this is where I sat there and I started, I looked at the screen and I went, no, <laughs> no, there better be a damn sight better explanation than what we just get because they're, this is a trap. They've set, they're setting up uh, Alicia and everybody else by the, the, the kid. This is a staged scene mm-hmm. and they're, they want to find out why they're there. They don't trust Alicia and Morgan and all of these people. Um, and, but to the idea that these kids are the, these three children, three children, the oldest is what? In her teens? Yeah. Mid teens have been the ones who have been stringing up Walker heads. First of all, killing walkers on, on a, you know, a pretty impressive level of, you know, body count in terms of walkers. We've, we've seen, we've seen many more trained, highly skilled people get overwhelmed by three walkers versus, you know, this 
you know, 15, 20, 30 walker heads hanging from something. True. You know, that is true. And where is their ladder? <laughs> I don't uh, think... I I don't think that I, – I think I'm coming to the conclusion or you're supposed to come to the conclusion that while the kids may be the ones who are stringing the walkers together for these uh, – for the barricades, they – I don't believe they are supposed to be the ones who who are hanging the walker head. I don't know how you would get the distinction there because I don't. I didn't. I to me, it's all part. And and maybe you're right, but I think they're the they're supposed to be part and parcel of the same thing. Either way, though, even stringing together the Walker gut fences, I'm like, no, no, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that these children, these three children, are so skilled and so Kenny. To set up an infiltrating mole situation, <laughs> who are, the, the are, littlest one, the seven-year-old, is going to be the one who. Uh, like, who? Who are they? these children? Are all like the Moriarty children? What are they? It's like, yeah. well, then they're just, and they're really. I guess they're lucky that Charlie isn't with this particular group because she would see right through. She's like, oh no, no, I did this. Oh, no. I did this a year ago to these exact people. And that's, and that's the other thing is that these, if it's one thing, if, if, if our group of people doesn't recognize that this is a very suspicious situation because uh-huh. they've been through it before, I mean, this should be setting off a leash of alarm bells. Right. Maybe not right away, but oh, it, you know, if, if it, if, if it never occurs to her that this is a trap, or at least a ruse, whether it's a trap or not. I think we're still up in the air. Um, right. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I have this feeling that these kids aren't. They're they're trying to make them like go away. I don't think they're trying to like lure them to their deaths or anything like that. They're trying to right. get rid. I am going to be really really annoyed if the villains of this season are supposed to be a bunch are supposed to be a bunch of kids. I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Or the opposite of that, because you're terrible. Well, and you know, it just it just continue. I I just don't want them to continue the whole children are psychos. Theme right. The Walking Dead likes to comes back to. We did skip over an important part of this episode. We have to come back to it. Oh, that is where Dwight and Morgan. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. So before before the van, before they get the call about the kids. Um. Morgan and Alicia and, and Luciana arrive at at uh, uh, Humbug's Gulch, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there talking. And Morgan's like, "It's good to see you guys are okay." And Dwight steps out and goes, "Morgan." Morgan? <laughs> and Dwight and Morgan looks at him like, "Dwight, how the what the?" And then I love that he's like, "Did you take two seventy down?" Well, and, and I also like the fact that we did not get the whole, I'm going to kill this guy, you know, blah, 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 the nonsense thing, where we already had that moment between people who didn't know each other. Right. You know, and now to get to have it again between characters who, who have, even though it turns out, uh, these, uh, I read an interview with, with the actors, neither one of them had ever been, had ever acted in a scene together. They'd been on camera in the same physical space. But they never had a scene where they talked to each other. Huh. 
And I uh, actually thought about that on uh, on Sunday when I watched it. I was like, did they were they together at any point? And I was like, I'm sure they were. They had to have been. Yeah, they were on. They were in the same shot several times, but they never actually had a scene where they actually said. Morgan says to Dwight. Dwight says to Morgan. Um, so, but I like the fact that Morgan was just like, you know, look, we're all trying to move on from our pasts. And Dwight's like, all right, cool. <laughs> but right. it was, you know, it's a little hand wavium again, where all of the character, the crossover characters from the original show find each other because Texas is a very small state. Yes. With very few places that you could run into the, people. The one of the smallest. Yes. And so in fact, yes. And here's here's another thing. This is one of those things that we've talked about before and it's just so irritating to me. What's gonna happen to Humbug's Gulch? That's a fucking town. Mm-hmm. Like a town, it's got a restaurant, it's got an opera house. They could lose they could move into Humbug's Gulch. Oh yeah. But, Fences and be happy at Humbug's Gulch. Restart over their whole like we want to help people. Call call you know Mo Collins and Daryl Chill Mitchell and Charlie and Strand and get them all out there. You know, this is true. Not gonna (laughs) no no they're not because that would make sense, Dustin, and that would be logical. And this is the Walking Dead universe where these things simply do not happen. True. So. But still, I mean, it's aside from magical uh, bullet shots and children who are way too smart and way too organized to be actual, they're not really children, Dustin. Oh, snap. It's going to be an orphan situation. Right. Or something. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. But I mean, overall, uh, a fairly solid episode. I think um, there's, again, we're three episodes into the season. And while it is very much a di- very different show from the first three seasons, um, I'm it's actually okay. It's such a much better show now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wish we had I wish we had Madison back because I'd love the contrast between some of these characters and Madison. Right. I would love to see Madison and John Dory. Oh, a philosophy argument. Um, oh, that would be uh, this. I uh, see. You know, again, no, no body, no murder. Mm-hmm, yeah, I know. I'm fingers um, crossed. So, and and I just have this feeling, this very, very strong feeling that she is going to come back. I just do. And uh, I mean, can't kill Daniel. Can't kill Daniel. <laughs> They're not going to kill off Madison. Yeah, you would you would think that they would they would see the and I just no I just I mean again this is one of those things like if these shows followed any kind of story structure mm-hmm. eventually we're gonna get that moment where everybody has stepped away from a radio and then you hear the three clicks right which yeah. is the call sign for that family saying I'm looking for you either that or. You have, I mean that that would be that would be a really really dramatic scene mm-hmm. um, that would allow you to stretch it out to imply yeah. that she was alive, whether or not you actually ever saw her again. But I kind of want the scene where they're surrounded and there's no escape, and then like there's this hail of bullets 
or whirl of sharp objects and there's just like silence and they peek around the corner and it's just Madison standing there covered in blood looking like some sort of demon from hell and she's like where's my daughter (laughs) right because I kind of want that moment for her but well, I mean, I, w- I watched this thing, Skybound recaps, those video recaps of, mm-hmm. of the show, and they did a four, the four-season recap. And even watching the recap of seasons one through three was just like, oh, my gosh, Chris was so terrible. And, oh, my gosh, like, you oh. know, Travis died, like, right at the right time. And, you know... I know there've been there's been a certain percentage of the fans who really have not liked the direction the show has been going. Oh, uh, yeah. There's there's a certain amount of blowback online about the show not feeling like Fear the Walking Dead, and to which my response was, "Hooray!" Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, a, there's been a lot of bad writing on the show for for three seasons. There were some really good moments and characters that we actually cared about, and things did start getting better in season three. Things did start to improve. Mm-hmm. Killing off Chris and and trying and taking the, the focus off of trying to make Travis happen really did improve the show. And season four right. was great. Mm-hmm. And so far, I've liked this season. Yeah. So I'm I'm I think for for certainly if you are fans of the first three seasons, if you really if you really enjoyed the fact that it was a, the first three seasons were the story of a family mm-hmm. dealing with this. And apparently a family of sociopaths dealing with this uh, situation. Yes, the show has changed and it's not what, what it was. But for all the fact that it's a little kumbaya in mindset, I appreciate that because one of my biggest complaints about the Walking Dead universe has been the implication that human, people just don't care about other people. Right. That we don't that we don't act to the benefit of strangers in crisis situations when we do. Right. And the spin-off Fear the Walking Dead came out when when Fear, Walking Dead was at peak misery form. Oh yeah. And it was that for a while. I mean, they lexed the fuck out of like every place they went for a long time. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually I'm actually okay with this idea that Let's try and do good in the world. Uh, it doesn't bother me. And it, it feeds into my, you know, the idea. They got to rebuild the world sometime. Yep. I mean, Start we're setting up networks. We're in, we're in, we're, we're past the apocalypse, kids. It's time to rebuild the world. So the fact that one of the shows is actually, you know, making an active, an active attempt to do that outside of what we've already seen on The Walking Dead, I'm all on board. So, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, laws of physics uh, and, and time and space involved in much of what happened in this episode. Be damned. I, I enjoyed the episode. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And we don't have Lance running off, you know, being chased by six walkers and then coming back just totally fine the next episode. Yeah, but if he shows up in one of these episodes... I'm oh be like, my God, I would die. I would die. I would just throw myself off the balcony. Okay. No, no. All we have to do is just see him run past in the background, and then a bunch of walkers chase after him. I would think that would be hysterical. I would be like, "Very nice, guys," because uh, it, it would make as much sense of any of the times he appeared in in Black Summer. Mm. So, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, the next episode is called Skidmark. I don't know much about it. Oh, by the way, uh, Coleman Domingo. 
who plays Strand, directed this episode. Oh. So a little little tidbit there. Um, I'm not sure uh, if he's got anything scheduled for the rest of the season, but uh, um, nice nice job. Yeah, I think he, I think he, the direction was quite good. We'll see what happens with the children uh, as this ep- as this season plays out. But uh, next episode, uh, we'll we'll be back for more of this, of course. As always, we thank you guys for listening. You can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We have actually posted stuff to Facebook recently and Twitter. And so we're actually attempting to use our social media like adults. Or at least... Trying. We're, we're, trying. we're, we're acting like kids there. Right. <laughs> so you can find us there and follow us there and leave us comments and, and questions and that sort of thing. And we'd love to have you guys do that. And by all means, please share the show. If you find this entertaining at all, let other people know about it. It's always good to uh, expand the audience and have more people listen to what we do. So thank you for listening. And Dustin, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Tim. And we will see you guys next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Production. All rights reserved.